we present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello, thank you. Hello, and welcome to the first edition of a new series of I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. Since the last series, our teams have had countless offers to do other things, any other things, <laughs> but undeterred, they're all back. So will you welcome, on my right, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton. <laughs> and on, on my left, Barry Cryer and Graham Gardner. Let's get straight into the first game. For those of you who remember the round, What's Your Name? We've now got a subtle variation. What's his name? I want each of you, teams, to name one of the other contestants. And to make it really tricky, you're, <laughs> to make it really tricky, you're not allowed to repeat a name or name yourself. And we're going to start with you, Graham Garden. Ah, uh, spoilt for choice here. I name Tim Brooke Taylor. Mm-hmm. In I one? <laughs> in one. <laughs> I name, um, uh, Barry Craft. In oh, two. Barry? I'm in a cleft stick. <laughs> <laughs> it suits you. <laughs> um, Graham Gow. Ah. We have an interesting situation in the game now. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Rushton. Who we Let have me so just far. remind you. Uh, I'd like to welcome you all to the cleft stick. Because uh, I'm on the horns of a thing. <laughs> well, I think Willie plays the cleft stick. Since nobody's named you, Willie, you don't officially exist as far as this game is concerned. Oh, right. As far as this entire episode is concerned, which Does means that you have to be docked ten marks. <laughs> and you've got a lot to catch up with. Yes. Thank you. Right. Now then, this is the point where I give the teams advance warning of the late arrivals that they'll be doing later on in the program. And this week, I'll be asking them for late arrivals at the Orientals Ball. Late arrivals at the Orientals Ball. That should provide plenty of fun. Right, now, we're going on to the round good news, bad news. Someone whom I'm about to nominate will start with some good news, and then the next person will give us the corresponding bad news. And then the next person will give us the good news, and the person after that gives us the... Well, you know, anyway. And it goes on until I press the buzzer. And we're going to start with you now, Barry Cryer, with some good news. Um, <laughs> good news. All, all the trains are running normally. <laughs> Bad news. All the trains are running normally. <laughs> Good news, you can now get to Glasgow in two hours. <laughs> Bad news, but only if you book for Seven Oaks. <laughs> Good news for men with one leg shorter than the other. <laughs> there are vacancies for waiters on the advanced passenger train. <laughs> The bad news, of course, is that you'll have to serve the meal backwards on the return journey. 
The good news is that breakfast is now being served at 120 miles an hour. Bad news in the buffet at St Pancras. <laughs> Well, that the spontaneous eruption of appreciation from the audience indicates that uh, Tim Brooke Taylor's won that round, putting Willie Rushton back on the map, fortunately. <laughs> Willie, well, you're going to start this next uh, oh. round of good news. Uh, good news. <clears throat> Despite rumours of the country, uh, the doctor has said that I shall dance again. <laughs> Bad news, whether I want to or not. <laughs> Okay, Graham, you get a point there, and will you give us some more good news? Yes, um, good news. The SDP have elected a new leader. Bad news, it's Tony Benn. <laughs> good news, not that Tony Benn. <laughs> uh, uh, bad news, it's a misprint for Boney M. <laughs> Good news, though, the SDP are now number three in the chart. <laughs> Bad news, Maggie is still at number ten. <laughs> in the charts. <laughs> Tim and Willie have forged ahead now, so... Uh, oh, Tim, the real thing. Tim, it's, it's your chance Willie's off the horns of the thingy, is he now? Yes, yes, right. Um, Tim, it's your turn for the good news. Good news. Barry Manilow's back. <laughs> Bad news. Barry Manilow's front. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Barry. <laughs> and all your million fans. And uh, Barry Cryer wins that round for his team. And we go on now to the sing-along. In this round, each panellist has to sing along with a disc. Once the tune and tempo have been established, the sound of the disc will disappear and the panellist will be left on his own. After an embarrassing pause, the disc comes back and the panellist scores points if he's still with it. <laughs> Even more points if he's no longer with us. <laughs> we'll start this round with you, uh, Tim. You're going to sing along with uh, Julie Andrews. Oh. <laughs> In supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Good luck, Tim. Thank you very much, Tim. It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious If you say it loud enough, you'll always say precocious Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious Um diddle diddle um diddle um diddle diddle um diddle 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 Absolutely it's spot on, completely in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> but you're going to get ten marks. <laughs> Barry Cryer, you're going to sing along now with Barbara Carter. <laughs> fulfilling one of your lifelong dreams, I believe. <laughs> and the song is How Deep Is the Ocean? Do I love you? I'll tell you Uncanny, Barry. Keep taking the pills. 
I think of you. How many roses, I had a ticket but I didn't go, are sprinkled with dew. How far would I travel to be Brilliant, Barry. That was tremendous. It's unfair. I've seen them singing together in a mud bath. (laughs) Uh, It was Ian Wallace. Oh. (laughs) Three marks to you, Barry, and it's your turn, Willie, to sing along now with Max Bygraves. Who else? The song is Gilly Gilly, Austin Pfeffer, and so on. There's a tiny house by a tiny stream. Came true. Quite unexpectedly, in Gilly Gilly, also there for cats and hell about by the sea. Yeah, you got a little bit ahead of it uh, there, Willie. You bought a 78. I can only give you. Yeah. It would be very depressing yes. if he naturally sang the same as Matt Clive. It would. <laughs> in that case, I'll give you 10. <laughs> Graham. Yeah. Graham Garden now, you're going to sing along with Judy Garland oh. and that lovely old song by George Gershwin, Swanee. Yeah, hey. Swanee, yeah, I love you, hi, I love you, hi. Thank you, thank you. I get a one, two, three, among the four, three, G-I-X-I-E, I don't even know my mad oh, waiting for me, praying for me, down by that Swanee, the force of North, where she may no more. I'm going to give you, Graham, ten marks for being the only one of the four to lose it while the music was still going on. (laughs) (laughs) We come to Mornington Crescent. As you know, Mornington Crescent is a very old game which has been played by millions. Famous people have played it too, and I don't mean these four. And recently we were thrilled when Mr. Francis Drummond of Battersea sent us an archive recording of the game being played by... Franklin D. Roosevelt, Adolf Hitler, Benito Mussolini, and Winston Churchill. And this was recorded at Nuremberg in 1938. We're going to play part of it now, and we apologize for the poor sound quality. Here it is. Uh, uh, Let me see. Uh, uh, Broadway. That was uh, pretty interesting. And if any of you listening at home know uh, uh, of any examples of or evidence of Mornington Crescent being played as an earlier date than that, I do wish you'd let us know because we'd like to include that in the programme. <laughs> now we go on to round six. <laughs> what the score? <laughs> 
the Scot wait a minute, I haven't computed Adolf Hitler's contribution to that. <laughs> yes. We go on to round six. And this is a round called One Handed Doll Dressing. For this new round, I've given each team a nude doll. Their aim is to dress it as quickly as possible. <laughs> Their aim is to dress it as quickly as possible. But and this is the snag, each team member must only use one hand. The winning team is the first to finish dressing or the last to be arrested. <laughs> There's a time limit of one minute. So we're going to start teams. The prize is already inflated. We're going to start now. indicates to you that uh, Barry Cryer and Graham Garden appear to have dressed the doll first. Would, would you remove that bit of newspaper, please, for a, for a routine inspection? <laughs> Disgusting and disgraceful. What, Ours hasn't recovered from a roaring affair with Action Man. <laughs> Well, I think the audience here would... violated by Tonka Toy. <laughs> <laughs> right, now we have a game that was sent in about uh, 15 years ago by Lynn Anderson of Old Coolston in Surrey, uh, who's since married and emigrated to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> it's a game called Initials. I'm going to read each team some abbreviations, and they must tell me what they think each stands for. And then I shall read out what they actually do stand for and award marks as to which is the funnier. And we're going to start with Graham Garden. Graham, your initials are TFB. TFB stands for Tony Blackburn. Which <laughs> <laughs> is do it, huh? <laughs> I was just going to say that that's so funny, I'm not even going to bother to read out on it. <laughs> no, actually, Graham, you could also have said Thatcher Ferry Bridge. Would you believe that? He's, no, you wouldn't. Is that real? Thatcher of Place. He's Thatcher of Place. He's not a person. Willie. <laughs> Hello. You can't expect geographical information from your chairman. <laughs> I'm reading out what I've got here. And it says Willie Rushton, <laughs> which is also a place. Willie, <laughs> your initials are feet up. F A E T U P. Feet up. Um, F A E T U P. Fred Astaire and Elsie Tanner's unnatural practices. <laughs> or it could be London Transport's obituary. Fares are ever totting up. A popular answer, that one, and may score more marks than Fleet Airborne Electronic Training Unit Pacific. It's more amusing. Marginally. Now we go over to Barry. And Barry, your initials are SCORE. S-C-O-R-E. S-C-O-R-E. 
O-R-E. Yes. Um, stop crucifying Oliver Reed, everybody. <laughs> oh, what yes. a rotten society. <laughs> You'd be banned immediately. He's a very nice fellow. I mean, the society. <laughs> He'd like to know that you could also have said with uh, equally comical effect, Service Corps of Retired Executives. Ah, oh, <laughs> But you didn't, so you didn't get them up. Now, Tim, your initials are ASLEF. A-S-L-E-F. <laughs> Alexis Sale. This is for OTT viewers. Uh, Alexis Sale likes enunciating... <laughs> Tony Blackburn. <laughs> There was a hint of applause there. Only a hint. Uh, I suspect that it might be rather more than what will welcome the actual answer, so I won't give it. <laughs> Graham Garden, we're going back to you now because oh. you're so far behind that I think uh, it's necessary to give you a chance to pull level with NATO, N-A-T-O. N-A-T-O. Oh, it's a football team. The News at Ten Occasionals. <laughs> Well, it is also the National Association of Taxi Cab Owners. <laughs> yeah. And we, well, there is another they explanation. They have a in the Atlantic, is. don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Graham, That's where they are. <laughs> Graham uh, failed to draw level with that. <laughs> now we go on to the next round, which is wittily entitled Jest Expander. And it's a variation on the old favourite tag wrestling. This time, somebody has to start telling a joke and can then be interrupted by the others if they're approaching a punchline. The others will interrupt by using their buzzers. The interrupter then takes over and has to head towards a joke of his own. And the winner is the first person to complete a joke and, in the context of this programme, make history. Right. <laughs> we'll start with whoever would like to start a joke. You look fruitful, Barry Crown. <laughs> ambiguous introduction. This, this man went into a pub with... <laughs> There's Timbrook Taylor. And he uh, ordered half a pint of uh, bitter. On that moment, a girl came up to him and uh, she suddenly said, uh, Sleep with you! <laughs> Challenge from Graham. I'd rather go for a drink in the pub next door. <laughs> which she did. At this point, the man noticed that a large white horse had walked into the bar. <laughs> Who was that lady, he said, with the large white horse, I saw you with last night? <laughs> that was no lady, he replied. <laughs> Challenge there from Barry. Um, uh, that was, uh, Mamere. <laughs> I think, yes, I have Maybe a feeling. A conclusion, I have a feeling that Barry very nearly completed a joke. <laughs> He never has before. I don't see why he can do challenge from somebody, but as I didn't switch the light off. Oh, it's from Tim. My mare, who is the, um... I'm going to regret this already, is the mother of Pam Air. What if he's going to finish on my mare? He said that he... And Pam Air said, you should have heard about the vicar who uh, had difficulty with his teeth and he used to tell how sermons he used to give and he used to click his teeth so he went to the dentist and said Right, Graham. And he, well, no, he did go to the dentist and uh, said, do you know there's a white horse drinking in that pub down the road? 
a challenge there from Tim Rupert. The dentist said no. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of teeth do you want? He said false teeth. So uh, the vicar tried out the teeth uh, that were made. He came back uh, next Thursday and he tried them in and he, he looked in the mirror and he went, challenge from back. I must throw these teeth away immediately <laughs> and pop down to another joke. Um, and, oh, challenge there from somebody, Tim Brooke Taylor. Can we have a rule in here that somebody just doesn't pop to another joke as very brought in? I think that's slightly oh, natural flow there. Yeah. You just leave that to me. Certainly. Certainly. Sure. Sure. Okay, now, Tim, let's keep it moving, team. Certainly. Speaking of moving, there was this little boy who uh, had to eat his prunes. And his mother said, <laughs> you've got to keep it moving. He said, uh, his mother said, you've got to eat your prunes. And he said, no. And she said, well, look, if you don't eat your prunes, God will be very angry with you. Then you go. Challenge from Graham. And so will your father when he gets back from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's funny I should mention the pub, because in this pub, it was this white... Give me a chance. There was this white horse drinking at the bar. <laughs> Strange. He thought I'll engage in conversation. Willie Rushton, this is how the conversation went. Who was that lady I saw you with last night? Barry. And the horse said, it's not the old man there, <laughs> <laughs> The horse said, now listen, listen, here's one, the horse said. I'm down at Scott and I, I'm down at Ascot running. Not speaking too well, but I'm running. <laughs> I see the Duke of Norfolk, don't I, you see? Uh, that's not the Duke of Norfolk, that's my wife. <laughs> okay, well, uh, without any doubt there, Willie Rushton won that one. And we go on to the late arrivals, and this is where I sit back and enjoy with the rest of you the team's announcements for the late arrivals at the Orientals Ball. Very welcome, please. <laughs> First and foremost, get them out of the way quick. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. King oh. and their son, P. King. And his sister Nan King. Funny, look, there's Donald looking through the keyhole, known as the Peking Duck. <laughs> Good Lord, there's somebody who's been pushing the boat out. It's old Sam Pan. He really likes to tie one on. <laughs> we have a hangover tomorrow, he'll wake up with a really mousy tongue. There's Samuel I and the Magnificent Seven Dwarves. <laughs> and his friend Jack Arthur. He's a bit of a louse. <laughs> Party from a horn manufacturer's in Hong Kong. I'll stick to my Anglo claxon, I think. <laughs> Oriental graffiti. <laughs> from Grey Fires. Yabu sucks. And. A nasty nip in here. Here comes our old favourite Hugh, Hugh Flung Dung, who is uh, with him. He has a friend who is dressed as a medieval knight. So we can say there's a man with a chink in his armour. <laughs> no offence. Who let John Junk in? No. Oh, oh look, look, there's Black Olaf Calcutta. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Shugar and their tongs. Mr. and Mrs. Sarpork and their delightful daughter, Sweet Anne Sarpork. <laughs> Stranger enough, an Iranian transvestite. <laughs> the gay shah of Persia. <laughs> Quentin Crispy Noodles. <laughs> or to the naked collective farmer. <laughs> what, wait a minute, what's that a gong bang? Oh, no. The <laughs> 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 family who just dropped it. <laughs> 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 Very scrutable. 
<laughs> and they take the tail. There's Rick Shaw. Cool. And there's awfully nice Sony people. <laughs> oh, uh, here's one. Yes, look. <laughs> look who's come along to have some fun. Mr. and Mrs. Cairo. In they run. With their ancient, most peculiar son, the old, bizarre Ian Cairo. <laughs> Oh, there's that ancient Chinese dental appointment. 230. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna commit Harry Curry. <laughs> oh, Harry Curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a half portion of number 37. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, on the principle, always leave them wanting more. <laughs> or always leave them wanting something. We're going to... <laughs> oh, it's just in, in reference, in passing, how high is a Chinaman? We always remember that. It's level pegging, Tim. Do you want one more chance to forge ahead? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nanking Cole? Oh, no. Marshal. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's programme. Join us again next week. Until then, from all of us, goodbye. Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Makey Archer.